podcast four in this series, we remember the Relay 2021 with Jane Hardy, the North East coordinator, and Kim Gristie. This week has been exciting for the Relay team as we have two new sponsors and we look forward to updating the listeners soon on this development. The Relay 2021 is growing so fast and the Google map is expanding with activities across the British Isles daily. To get more information on the Google map, go on to the Facebook page We Remember Them 2021 where you can access and look at all the activities. My guest today is Jane Hardy who is the North East coordinator and she shares this area with Fiona MacDonald-Wood, Wendy Figures and Nicola. Living in the area of outstanding natural beauty, she has many fabulous swims. She, she has many fabulous swims accessible to her. Living in an area of living in an area of outstanding natural beauty, she has many fabulous swims accessible to her. Jane feels very privileged to swim the North Sea most days, and many times not alone. She has seals, and if she's lucky enough, dolphins join her too. She shares how she only started swimming in her 40s, so much later in life, and now cannot get enough of it. Hear more from Jane on her passion for charity work and how she looks after seals and hedgehogs in need. Jane shares her ice swimming adventures with you. Antarctica last year completing a 1K swim. She also watched and supported Jane Cap- Antarctica last year completing a 1K swim. She watched and supported Kath Pendleton gaining her Guinness World Record. Jane shares the moment before Kath started this epic swim and the orca visit. You can hear Jane's passion to support others and her charities, including the Relay 2021. Jane shares the amusing swimming group names from the North East. That's a real treat to listen to. Podcast five will be Colin McCold. The next podcast, podcast five, podcast five, will be Colin McLeod, a Scottish coordinator. I think I'm going to learn a thing or two from him. My guest today is Jane Hardy, who is the coordinator for the North East with two other coordinators. I think this is going to be a real treat for our listeners as she shares her swimming adventures in the Antarctic last year. Welcome, Jane. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Yep. I've got to say, I admire you for your Antarctic swim last year. And is, was it something that's always been sort of on a life list or was it that spur of the moment, no, this is what I want to do and I focused all my energy? How did it come about? Oh, I end up doing things by accident. People say, oh, do you fancy doing such and such? I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, I think I do, but without too much of a thought process. But when um, when I saw that Jer Kennedy had got this expedition running to Antarctica, I just thought, now, wow, that's somewhere to go. Because like, that's the opposite end of the earth for me. And it's like the last frontier and no humans and no, it's just pure wilderness, isn't it? In the snow and in the cold. And I don't know, I just, all I could think of was like the frozen planet by Attenborough. And yet I had this massive, massive urge to go down there and take part I didn't to be honest with you I didn't know if I'd be able to achieve anything in in such extreme um such an extreme environment but yeah I, I did I did okay I surprised myself <laughs> how long have you been an open water swimmer I actually haven't been swimming that long so like um I'm over 50 but I learned how to swim when I was 41 
my youngest of four boys was having swimming lessons and it was like a tongue-in-cheek can you teach an old dog new tricks so I didn't learn to swim until I was 41 and then it was like but I always wanted to swim so I used to watch people do front crawl when I was little and I used to think oh that is like a work of art how on earth do they do that with their arms and legs and whatever and um yeah and and it so I, I'm I'm late to it, but I've been making up for lost time ever since, I suppose. So if there is an opportunity to do something, I just have to like grab it and go for it. If you only live well, once, <laughs> you certainly do only live once, and yeah. uh, that's amazing. For such a big event, though, mm-hmm. what kind of training, physically, mentally, and emotionally, did you you do to get yourself prepared for the Antarctic? Well, I had to get myself prepared for the cold. And I'd already done that a couple of years before. My very first freezing cold. Well, I did the chill swim with Colin Hill up at the Lake District. The water there was about six and it was cold. It was freezing. It was like snowy and icy. So it was around about zero, one, two degrees centigrade. I can't remember. So that was my first real, um, real go at it. And I loved it. Absolutely got the buzz. And then um, somebody just mentioned Siberia. And I thought, oh, do you know what? How incredible would that be to say that you've swam in a frozen river river in Siberia how do you even do that so then the panic set and it's like well how actually do you do that how can my body swimming in the North Sea in England do air of minus 30 water close to zero how on earth do I do that um, so obviously I took advice from people I didn't um, didn't just like throw myself in really cold water but I had a bath in the back garden that I filled up um, with a hose pipe and every morning every single morning through the winter I get out of bed out my nightie downstairs into my swimming costume break the ice and sit in this bath just to get myself acclimatized to the cold and I would try and like build up my resistance um, in this freezing cold bath of water and then the other thing I do is um, I swim in the North Sea all year round I started off in a wetsuit and progressed to not having a wetsuit but I really, really took my time. That isn't something I didn't I didn't start. I mean, some swimmers are proper hardcore and they start in the skins. I didn't even do that. I was in the wetsuit, took my wetsuit off right at the end of the summer when the sea was the warmest and then just kept getting in all the time. So that as the air and the um, water temperature dropped slightly, I was I kept getting in. So I sort of acclimatized myself that way and then. Yeah, mixed it with a cold bath and I would come in out my cold bath in the garden, run upstairs, have a cold shower go to work like blue <laughs> shivering but yeah but that's how I that's basically how yeah and I got I got a bit fatter as well <laughs> I, I, yeah put a bit of weight on <laughs> so, so the pure dedication and yeah. the continuation yeah how uh, mentally and emotionally were there any training because obviously when you're out there I mean it's fast isn't it yeah and you have to be emotionally and mentally wrong I think to do any cold water swimming, it's like people say, oh, it, you know, it's 90% mental. Well, you'll be all right, Jane. You're 100% mental, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's um, it's definitely mind over matter. You've got to go in there. Um, it's, it's never easy getting in the cold water. The first time you get in, it's like it, there's pain, but then it suddenly turns for me personally it, it turns into exhilaration even now when I get in the sea I get in and I'm still effing and jeffing and like oh this is cold or words to that effect that swimmers use do a few exhales get in get on with it and then then I get to a point when oh, I'm really enjoying this and then when I come out I feel absolutely fantastic but there was a length of time for me to get from where I started to being able to do that I didn't just throw myself in the cold if that makes sense the colder the better and I, I know yeah, yeah. that when you're out there the actual feel of it is just immense it's, it is it's yeah. so difficult to describe as well to people 
Yeah, I'm going to say, unless you're doing it, you've got absolutely no idea. You can't understand the buzz. There'll be people people walking the dogs when I'm getting in the sea. It happened, it happened yesterday uh, on my birthday. And it was like freezing cold wind, freezing cold air, freezing cold everything. And like I'm in a swimming costume and everyone else is absolutely wrapped up in hats and gloves and scarves. I was like saying to my husband who's watching over me, is she absolutely nuts? And he's like, well, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah. But she's loving it. Yes, absolutely. That's the thing. It's the it's it's the buzz that you get from it. It's it's how I mean, it's got me through all these all these lockdowns. I mean, I went to the Antarctic, came home, and then got locked down, and it's just been a right anticlimax since, really, with not being able to meet people, not being able to swim with people. I mean, I'm get I can maybe meet with one other person, but I tend to just get in and get my husband to walk the dog and watch over me now which it's a shame but i've still got it. i've got to get in i i now have to get in otherwise i'm like i don't know climbing the walls <laughs> yeah i mean it is addictive um, yeah f- for sure but yeah. you went with a group of people didn't you how many were on the trip with you there was 18 on the expedition it was led by jer kennedy and there were some amazing 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 swimmers um taking part i mean kath pendleton she's second to none like guinness world record holder so bless her she went right down inside the um antarctic circle deep deep into the antarctic circle and did a zero degree ice mile i mean absolutely phenomenal uh and so did paul georgescu um and then the following day jer also did his um zero degree ice mile at paradise bay so i mean hats off to those guys that is like something else and to be able to witness that and like for calf bless her um, she's just about to get in the water and do a swim, swim to this iceberg and back. They've planned it all out and mapped it all out. And this huge pod of about 40 orca just came right through where she was about to get in the sea. And they were chasing minky whales and then they were chasing penguins. And it was like this massive pod teaching the teaching the young how to chase things. So we had to like cut the whole thing just at the last minute, it's like, right, okay, she, we can't put Kath in with Orca. <laughs> but they're like teaching the young how to kill. So bless her, she had to like wait until they'd all passed and we had to change her route and she had to go in the opposite direction. Took her a mile away from like the mothership, if you like, and then she swam all the way back. So, I mean, to witness that was was amazing. And also just to be in Antarctica, it was like being in an Attenborough movie. There, I mean, uh, you, I can't even explain it. The blue, I mean, Lewis Pugh talks about the blues down there. There's every shade of blue, but it's just so pure and so clean and the air's amazing and yeah, just everything, everything. Even the scary things like leopard seals and orca. It was just phenomenal to actually be privileged enough to see that. And for me, I love, love, love anything to do with marine wildlife. I, I'm volunteer marine mammal medic for a British Divers Marine Life Rescue. So like I rescue seals and if I can help whales and dolphins and things when they strand as well. So for me to be down there and see humpback whales right next to the boat and yeah, just, oh, yeah, for me, it was just a once in a lifetime thing. I'll never, ever feel like that again. It was incredible, really, really incredible. Never mind doing my swim. It was amazing. Obviously, with the fellow members swimming there, the, the energy and the love there was, the community was enormous, I understand. Yes, it was. It was. So there was 18 of us. I mean, I've only mentioned the three ice milers, but there was 18 of us in total. Uh, but there was about 80 on the ship as well. So the, the other people that were just down there on the expedition, they were all phenomenal as well. But um, the I did a kilometre with Reddy Redfern, Catherine Pratask. I can never pronounce the surname. I'm so sorry, Catherine Pratask. Oh, I feel awful. But lovely Catherine anyway. She's Irish. She lives in Scotland. Um, Ready Red Firm and D from the Sea, the Irish, the other Irish swimmer. So the four of us did a kilometre in um, 
uh, no, no, where did we do our well, four of us did our kilometer in Deception Island, um, and then some more swimmers on the trip all did other little distances 100, 200, 300, 400, 500 meters as well. So, like, all out of the 18, there were 16 swimmers, and every single one of them really, really, like, I don't know, just did an incredible thing and really, really achieved something. So, yeah, hats off to absolutely everybody, and uh, yeah, bow down to. Kath, the ice queen, she was amazing. <laughs> What's next? How oh, do you follow that? <laughs> I've got to get out my lockdown. <laughs> I don't know. I absolutely do. I, I, I have no idea, but I'll think of something. I mean, I've been to, um, I've done a couple more ice swims as well. I've been to um, Skelleftia and swam in the coldest river in Sweden for the um, ice swimming champs and really, really enjoyed that. So, yeah, I just, um, just keep, keep at it and actually sharing the love as well. If I can encourage other people, to do it and enjoy it and get what I out from it, what I get from it. That's like that's actually a real bonus for me as well. There's quite a few people that said, "Oh, is it? Does it help with the mental health? And is it? You know, do you feel great?" And uh, yeah, I've, I've helped a few people who've maybe been struggling with um, the mental health or needed wanting to come off antidepressants and stuff like that. So it is. It, it's it's like it's just a lovely, lovely thing to do, and the whole community is amazing isn't it very 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 passionate about swimming and about encouraging people to be a toe dipper to to then full immersion yeah to support them how to do it safely yeah to share that joy is Mm. is is the community it's amazing community Mm. um and it seems to be across the whole of brashiles and this is what this is lovely about this group that we're actually getting to see different groups in different areas what local groups have you got because i know in number of areas they've got some very funny names oh um, they have yeah i mean i mean i've got my i've got my name down as the coordinator for like the north of the northeast and then there's fiona and wendy doing further down in the northeast but um i, I it, it's everybody else that's taking part it's the community spirit that's going to make this this relay work so yeah I know I've got my name down as coordinator, but I can't really take credit for anything because the reason it's going to work is because everybody else is sort of on board and up for it as well. So, like, I swim um, in Annick, Annick Sea Swim, call ourselves ass, and then I'm going to hand the baton over to um, John, who's a badass, which is the Blyden District all-season swimmers, uh, who are going to hand it over to the cods and the cows who swim at Colour Coats, and then down to Townmouth, so the Townmouth outdoor swimmers, they're the tossers. So, yeah, we've got a... We've got a funny thing going up here and like they're everybody's lovely and, and obviously not now because of COVID, but in the past we would every now and again just do mass swims, if you like. We're like, let's go up to Northumberland and swim, I don't know, swim out of the Farn Islands or something with the seals or let's go down to Tynemouth and let's all go and yeah, let's all get in together. And it's like a real social thing, especially in the summer where we can go and camp and picnic and I don't know. It's just great. Yeah. You have some lovely swims up there, haven't you? Some yeah. very beautiful. You get some people like, oh, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone about that spot. But like, that's probably like a lake or something, but it's the sea. I mean, the sea is big enough for everybody. It's like an area of outstanding natural beauty, I think they call it up here. So yeah, it is. It's really, really scenic and it's quite remote. And you do get in the sea and quite often do have a seal with you. That's that's something that isn't rare up here. If you're really, really lucky, there might be dolphins on the horizon um, in the summer months, like May, June, July, when the uh, when the salmon when the salmon's running, and then later on when the mackerel's running, uh, we get dolphins, bottlenose dolphins, as porpoise. So we are really, really lucky up here. It really is a really pretty part of the world. And 
like I say, all these swimmers up here are all all up for it and all keen to take part and make make it happen. So yeah, hats off to everybody that's that's supporting this. What challenges have you got uh, swimming in your area? Is it the tidals or challenges? I mean, my challenge is to get it to Darlington <laughs> from from where I live. But we've got Jennifer Laffin, who's a channel swimmer, and she's going to start it in Berwick at the Berwick Hospitals. So that's like the most northern town before the Scottish border and she's going to get it down to Holy Island. Depending on the tides and what's happening, I mean, Robson Green had a television programme about swimming from the mainland to Holy Island and that is something that I have done two or three times now. So we could do that possibly. The other thing, a little bit further down, we've got the Farn Islands, which is incredible. It's like, that's like a place on an Attenborough film as well. There are these islands about four miles off the coast and it's the second largest breeding colony of grey seals and every year in the summer the puffins come and the guillemots it's like a huge bird breeding sanctuary as well it's it's national trust and it's somewhere you have to get to by boat and not all the islands you can land on so you just go around the islands with your binoculars and just like embrace nature so it'd be lovely to do a swim out there there is a local gp who is also a wildlife cameraman so i'm trying to hook up with him what'd be really good is if um i don't know he can appear out the ocean with his bat on and pass it on to one of us but we'll have to see because obviously he's a he's a very busy man and a disease around keeping him busy but yeah so that's possibly an opportunity and then obviously further down the coast just whatever anybody else is um thinking might be a good opportunity obviously with the development of the the baton uh, mm. things are at the moment we're just looking at how we develop it further can you tell me why is this event so important to you why are you spending your time and energy what is it about this event that makes it so special I love um, I love a challenge and I love to get stuck in and I like supporting things. I volunteer for a few charities. The fact that the NHS have like been in a like a war zone situation since the start of COVID. I mean, you could get all political and say, oh, it's been underfunded and you know and, and kick off and moan and complain, but and you know maybe that has happened and they haven't got enough staff or whatever. But you know, it's the the people behind it look at what they're doing they're like the people looking after the sick people are putting themselves at risk and you hear I mean you've got some people that say oh COVID won't happen to me I'm young and whatever but then it it does really really have some horrendous consequences and people are dying and people are really suffering and these doctors and nurses are like day in day out day in day out you know I've seen things where they've like they've got the laptop and they're with the dying person and like the family are saying goodbye to them and like that must be bad enough doing it once but if that is all you've done day in day out since the start of the first lockdown which I mean you're coming up for a year now I mean what a strain and what must that be like for your on your mental health and and like just the fear of catching it yourself as well you're exposing to it every day so yeah if it's something that's going to fundraise to help the um, mental health of the emergency services and that, that includes like everybody doesn't it the police the coast guards the rlni just at the end of the day i like swimming so for me to go for a swim is like an absolute pleasure an absolute pleasure it's an absolute joy i've never ever had a rubbish swim or not i've got out of the swim and thought oh i'm never doing that again that has never ever happened so if i can go and do something that i enjoy that gives me pleasure and i get something out of it and it be helping somebody else well why wouldn't you do you know what I mean that's my that's my thought process anyway yes I mean obviously Laura Hyde covers foundation covers all of the frontline workers be it police 
you know everybody can access it i mean that's the beauty of this resource mm. and that's why we're trying to raise as many funds as possible is there any other stories that you've got to share with us about your swimming journeys I don't know. I mean, I started late. I started late, late in life, so I've been making up for lost time ever since. I do tend to use my swimming for fundraising. Um, I'm um, UK ambassador to Breadline Africa. I've done some swims to fundraise for for Breadline Africa, which is a charity that tries to help help kids, the poorest, the most poverty stricken kids in South Africa. My very first ever open water swim challenge, if you like, it was actually a little boy that lives locally to me. His name was Matty Phillips and turned out he got a brain tumour. And then there was this opportunity to swim from the Isle of Egg to the Isle of Muck off the west coast of Scotland. And um, somebody said, oh, why don't you do it for charity? I'm like, oh yeah, actually, why not? So we did it for a brain tumour charity. That's the first thing I ever did, if you like. Done the Great North Run a couple of times, uh, once for motor neuron disease, once for Marie curie i think yeah so so yeah i've um quite i've done quite a lot of every time it's like a bit crazy or a bit different it's like oh how can i help um how can i help a charity and i mean the, the one i'm most passionate about is british divers marine life rescue um i was saying before we've got the second largest breeding colony of gray seals so uh, sometimes when we have these huge tides and you know big winds and tidal surges the little pups get knocked off the islands and separated from mum and then they're orphaned and they won't survive without intervention so into loads and i've rescued loads of seals loads and loads of seals uh fortunately i haven't had to go to a stranded dolphin or whale um but i have had the training to deal with that if if need be i hope i never have to because something's got to strand if it needs my help so they need to just stay in the water <laughs> but yeah it's uh i've had lots and lots of seals i've been like back-to-back seal since october really since since yeah it's kept me through lockdown as well i have like um makes me a key worker for like what you know if you're helping wildlife I, I volunteer for another wildlife charity up here as well a little local one so got a foster, foster hedgehogs in the garden i've uh, released 60 so far fattened up and released 60 hedgehogs and i'll i'll go and collect injured seabirds and things and it's been amazing talking to you today jane thanks oh. ever so much for sharing your amazing journeys um across not just Antarctica, but other places as well. I look forward to working with you more closely over the coordination of all the different areas. And hopefully we'll come back and do another podcast to find out further developments of the relay as it progresses as well. Uh, so thank you so much for your time. No, thank you for thank you for taking the time to interview me. <laughs> the next podcast will be Colin, who's the other Scottish uh, co- coordinator 